Hey, thanks for joining us here today at Victory Church, where we invite people to belong before they believe. If you want to know more about who we are and what we do, or if any of our messages have impacted your life and you would like to partner with us in giving to this ministry, we invite you to do so by visiting our website at victory.church. Now, let's check out this week's message from our lead pastor, John Chesty. Good morning, Victory Church. Are you excited to be in the house this morning on a very special day? Edmund Campus is such a joy to be with you. Those of you watching online, what an honor for you to join us. Uh, Today, I don't have to tell anybody what today is. Today is Mother's Day, and there's really no other way we should start this experience than having the mothers stand up. So before you do, hold on, hold on, hold on. I know you're just so antsy to stand up and have everyone cheer for you. But I wanna invite moms to stand up. But listen, I wanna, I wanna be very descriptive here. I, want, I also want uh, maybe, maybe the woman in the room that has never had children, but you've been a spiritual mom, yeah. Yeah. all right? Because you can have just as much impact pouring into the next generation as a spiritual mom. And maybe you never had kids, but you're still a mother. And so with that, now I want all the moms to stand up in the room and let's give them a hand. Edmund Campus, mom, stand up. Oh, come on, it's the moms. Do it like you mean it. We love the moms. Thank you for everything that you do for us. Today today is your special day, so make sure that you don't do anything today, okay? All right. I know that's not going to happen. You're still going to do stuff. But fellas, at least vacuum, like push the thing, wash some dishes, do something for the moms. But no, we love, we love the moms. Um, today I have a very uh, exciting message that I can't wait to share with you. Um, we're in this season called strength. And if you missed last week, I'll just kind of set it up for you. What we're doing this entire season uh, is we're gonna be pulling out characters or people in the Bible and seeing ways that God gave them a supernatural strength, something that gave them power, some supernatural spiritual anointing or grace to overcome something or to get through something or to defeat or defend something. And knowing that if God did it then, he can do it today. And so what we wanna do in this season is we wanna find people in the Bible that we can draw from, the strength that they got, the the God is the same God yesterday, today, and forever, so we can be encouraged and empowered by the strength of the Lord by looking at how the strength of the Lord impacted people in the Bible. Today we're gonna talk about a character in the Bible who maybe you've, you may have never even heard of this person potentially, but I, I would venture to guess that you probably maybe never heard a sermon about this person, um, or maybe you just aren't super familiar with him. And so his, he has a really fun name. I want you to say it with me. His name is Zerubbabel. Yeah. Say it one more time. Say Zerubbabel. So let me kind of paint this picture real quick. Uh, Zerubbabel was the grandson of Jehoiachin, who was the very last king of Judah before Babylon came and conquered. Okay, so think about this. He's the grandson of the current king, and then the Babylonians come in in 587 BC. So this story that we're gonna unpack today is spread out over almost 70 years, roughly. So we're gonna cram 70 years into 30 or 40 minutes. Uh, But something really powerful happens in Zerubbabel's life. So this this kinda happens around in, in 2 Kings chapter 25, you can go read about this. But then later, 
about 40 years later, um, the Persians come, and I'm giving you a lot of history here. The Persians come and they conquer the Babylonians. And the Persians come in and do this. It's around 539 BC. And the, the, the ruler of the Persians appoints Zerubbabel, the grandson of the previous king. He has now been appointed to be the governor of Jerusalem. And so he is sent back to Jerusalem. And what he is empowered to do and challenged to do and, and commanded to do is to rebuild the temple. Because when the Babylonians came into Jerusalem, they destroyed the temple. They took every stone off of the other stone. The temple that Solomon had built was completely destroyed. And Zerubbabel comes in and he's gonna lead the efforts of rebuilding the temple. If you wanna read about this, it's the book of Ezra. You can go back and read in the book of Ezra, chapters one and two and, and, and around there. And in, in chapter four of Ezra, hang with me, chapter four of Ezra, the locals start giving Zerubbabel a hard time. They start discouraging him. And up to this point, he has only laid the foundation, okay? So the foundation has been laid, but they have not built a single structure going vertically yet. Only the foundation had been laid. And they discouraged him, and he actually stopped. He stopped building the temple. He didn't finish what he has started out to do. And then you fast forward about 15 years, and this is where we're gonna pick up. 15 years later, Zechariah, the prophet, is giving this prophetic word to Zerubbabel. And this is such, this is one of my favorite, we've been studying this, Michelle and I, and it's a really, really powerful message that if we'll pay attention to this, will speak to us thousands of years later. Because what we're about to read to you is a familiar verse that you've probably heard before. You will recognize a couple of the verses in it. But I wanna paint this picture that what this passage is, is a prophetic word to Zerubbabel to go back and finish what he started. He said, you've poured the foundation, you've laid the foundation, and because you got discouraged, you quit. And 15 years later, this is what happens in Zechariah. You can turn with me to Zechariah chapter four, verse six, and I'm gonna read through verse 10. This is Zechariah speaking to Zerubbabel. He says, then he said to me, this is what the Lord says to Zerubbabel. It is not by force, nor by strength, but by my spirit, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Nothing, check out the power of these words, nothing, not even a mighty mountain will stand in Zerubbabel's way. It will become a level plain before him. And when Zerubbabel sets the final stone of the temple in place, the people will shout, may God bless it, may God bless it. And then another message came to me from the Lord. Zerubbabel is the one who laid the foundations of the temple. Now I want you to watch these words. And he will complete it. 15 years later, the foundation has been poured and this prophetic word comes to Zerubbabel, who's defeated, who's quit, who's given up. And he says, you're the one who's gonna finish what you started. You're gonna finish the temple that you've been set out to build. It says, then you will know that the Lord of heaven's armies has sent me. Now I want you, this is another familiar verse. I want you to lean into this, verse 10. Do not despise these small beginnings for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. He didn't say the Lord rejoices to see the work finished. The Lord rejoices to see the work begin, to see the plumb line in Zerubbabel's hand. He was called to finish something that was unfinished. So today we're gonna draw from the strength that Zerubbabel got, and we're gonna talk about Zerubbabel's strength. And the subtitle of the message is, Finding the Strength to Finish finding the strength to finish. 
Now you're wondering why I have an empty chair next to me. This is not for Elijah, although I would invite Elijah to come and help me preach this message. If you remember eight years ago, I became the lead pastor of this church and um, the very first day that I stood on this platform and Pastor Jennifer prayed over me, she's right here on the front row, um, I brought my wife Michelle up on the stage and she waved to everybody and I just said, guys, you need to know that my wife is an introvert and she's not gonna lead the women's ministry, she's not gonna be a worship leader, she's not gonna come up on stage and do the pageant wave holding my hand, that's just not who she is. So this is my wife and this might be the last time you ever see her on this stage. And you guys clapped and you loved her and for eight years you have loved her, you have supported her and I've never forced her or challenged her or shamed her that she needs to be on the stage. But I want you to know that other than Jesus, she is the rock of our family. And you've ever heard of a ghost writer? You know, somebody who writes somebody else's content? Uh, in a lot of ways, Michelle is my ghost writer. She, she writes, not, she doesn't write the sermons that I preach, but almost on a weekly basis, she's bringing me some scripture, some context of some verse that I'm just like, yes, this will preach. And so whenever Mother's Day was coming about, she was bringing me some of this content from the message that, we're, that I'm gonna speak today, and she's gonna speak today. And I was just like, babe, you could do this. You could, you could communicate this. You could deliver this. And she slapped me. And then, no, I'm just kidding. She didn't do that. <laughs> but I've preached a lot of messages from this platform, y'all, over the past eight years. But I've never been more excited in my entire life to preach this message because my beautiful, amazing wife on Mother's Day is gonna help me to deliver this message. And so Edmund in Oklahoma City, I want you to help me welcome to the stage, Michelle Chastine. <laughs> All right. Okay. All right. Take a deep breath. Are you nervous? Yes. There you go. Very nervous. <laughs> well, I'm just so glad that you're up here. And I know you're not doing this for me, or you would have done it a long time ago. Um, <laughs> But I, I, I don't wanna talk too much because I'll cry, but I'm just so excited that you're here. I'm so excited that, that you're gonna be with me on this stage. Thank you, I'm excited. I'm, this is a true testament to how much I love you guys. I love <laughs> the Edmond campus. This is an honor and I'm excited to do it. So. Awesome. So the challenge for all of us today that we're gonna challenge every single one of us, including ourselves, is what is God calling you to finish? What is it that in your life feels or seems unfinished? Uh, maybe it's a degree. Maybe you started a degree years ago and you just kind of stopped. And every once in a while, that kind of triggers in your mind, man, I should have finished. I, I could have finished that. Maybe it's a project. Um, maybe it's a broken relationship with a friend or with a child or something from your past that just feels unfinished, something's unsettling. And let's be honest, maybe it's, a, maybe it's getting healthy. Maybe it's like, man, I've tried and I, I started that process and time passed and I just kind of didn't finish that work. Today, I, we really wanna unpack this because really what I want us to, to think through is that Zerubbabel was really discouraged. He was sent, he was the grandson of the previous king. He's sent back to finish the temple and he lays the foundation and he stops out of discouragement. 
out of feeling defeated. And I love stories like this in the Bible because it relates to us. It, it humanizes the heroes in the Bible. And for 15 years, I want you to wrap your brain around that. For 15 years, he just stops the work and he's not doing anything. And then this prophetic word comes to, to Zechariah that tells him that you're going to finish the work. And what I want you to hear, the words of Zechariah today are not just for Zerubbabel. The prophecy given by Zechariah in this text are going thousands of years into the future to speak to us today. A prophetic word from the Lord that's coming to inspire us and talk to us. So, so really, at the end of the day, this is, this is kind of Michelle's sermon. She, she brought this to me. God began to speak to her a long time ago about this verse. And so just kind of unpack how that all started for you. Yeah, it was about five or six years ago. We were in a church-wide fast. And one morning I woke up and I just heard Zechariah. So I go and I read, just start reading Zechariah. And it, I finally get to chapter four. And a couple of these verses just jumped off the page to me. And God gave me a couple other scriptures and I just wrote them down and I didn't really know what to do with them. And about six months later, God revealed to me that they were about the kids and about parenting. And so this was kind of the whole beginning of this whole journey. And um, this is so, this scripture is so meaningful to me. Well, I, what I love about that, and, and we can all kind of learn from that, is that the Lord gave her a word, even Zechariah, go and she read it. She wrote down the verse and then it wasn't until, until months later that God revealed what that was even for. And so even that in and of itself is kind of a picture of this. Something began, and then it wasn't finished until six months later, and then God began to do a work and to reveal that to her. So, so just set, set the stage here. We are gonna be talking about parenting a lot today uh, because mainly that's the way that God spoke to Michelle through this process. But, because it is Mother's Day after all, but if you're not in the season of parenting, one, Congrats. Uh, <laughs> that was bad. I don't mean that. You know what I mean. I mean, good job. Well done, good and faithful servant. <laughs> but what I want you to do is while we're talking through this as parenting, it can, it's applicable across the board. Okay, this is applicable because what we're talking about is finishing something that you began and, and doing the seemingly small things that are gonna end up being something big and being okay with the, the monotonous daily tasks that seem small, but the Bible says that God rejoices in the beginning. So whether you're starting a business, whether you're building your marriage, whether you're building your career, whether you're going through a spiritual journey, whether you're trying to, whatever it is, just keep in mind that this is applicable, okay? Even though we're gonna be talking about parenting. Okay, babe, we have three points for you this morning. Uh, and if it's unprofessional that I call her babe, I'm sorry, that's just what I call her. So I'm gonna say babe all the time. I'm not talking to you, I'm talking to her, okay? So three areas that we can look at this story and find strength to finish, all right? All right, babe, show us the first one. Okay, so chapter four, verse nine of Zechariah says, Zerubbabel is the one who laid the foundation of this temple and he will complete it. Then you will know that the Lord of heaven's armies has sent me. So point number one is find the strength to finish knowing that this is a God assignment. So I have a little story of how this is meaningful to me. When Corey was a baby, she's here, this, she's our firstborn. So when she was about 12 to 18 months, she stopped sleeping alone. She was <laughs> done with it. She decided, I'm not doing this anymore. We did the whole cry it out thing. Didn't work for any of us. Anyway, so. For any of us. <laughs> so 
my compromise was she was still in a crib, and so I would lay her in the crib, and then I would go sit in the closet with the light on. I'm like, you're there, I'm here, everybody's happy, you can sleep, I'm right here. And I would just sit in the closet and read a book. And back then, I was all about fiction books. I loved sci-fi and historical fiction. I loved all fiction books, and I would read all the time. And so this went on for several months, and eventually I just kind of came to a realization. It was almost like a heaviness, not, not really like even a conviction, but just kind of um, a sensing that I was wasting time. I was wasting this opportunity. And I had this little child that I was supposed to be raising to be this amazing, strong, courageous woman of God. And I was sitting here wasting time. And it was just like this mantle came on me and I felt like I need to get to work. And so that was kind of my realization that this is my God assignment. And right. so I, I knew that season was over and I put away the books and I started digging into scripture and that's when I learned to pray and I learned to intercede for her and for our family. And it was just a, a deep growing season for me. Yeah, I think it's, it's, that's what the words of this passage says. It says, then you will know that the Lord of heaven's armies has sent you. So it's saying to Zerubbabel, hey, God has sent you to do this. So it, it went from being a task to an assignment. And for Michelle, it sounds like it was similar. She's sitting in the, in the closet reading fictional books and then she had this moment where she was like, not that fictional books are bad, but she's like, I am wasting time. This is an assignment. I am called to raise these kids to be godly kids and I need to take on this mantle and realize that it's, it's a God assignment. And, and even in the description of that, it's like she was saying that it's almost like a strength came on her. It's like this confidence, confident strength came on her. And I think that's an important part of finding strength. We can find strength in just knowing that the thing that God's trying to get you to finish is his assignment. And when it's an assignment from the Lord, the empowerment and the grace of the Lord come, comes with it. And so there's an empowerment that comes with it. So whatever that looks like in your life, whatever area of your life, um, it could be your marriage. In Genesis chapter two, it, it talks about, and for this reason, uh, a, father, a father and a mother will be joined with wife. Will, he will leave his mother, mother and father and be joined with a wife. So even in that, it's saying it's an assignment. Marriage is an assignment from the Lord. So to get the strength to improve your marriage, you can find the strength to do it knowing that it's an assignment. Proverbs, it says, train up a child in the way they should go. And when they grow old, they will not depart from it. What is that? That's an assignment. It's an assignment as a parent. And so whatever that is, in, in fact, Colossians chapter three, this is another scripture that was in her notes. Uh, Colossians 3.23, it says, whatever you do, whatever you do, it doesn't matter what you're doing, do your work heartily. So I didn't know what heartily meant. I had to go and look up the word heartily in the Greek. And the word heartily in the Greek is translated out of or for. So it's saying doing it unto the Lord out of the fact that you're doing it for the Lord, not for man. So you're doing it for the Lord. Why? Because it's an assignment. You're doing it for the Lord. He is, he is your empowerment. Yeah, and I love that you brought this scripture in here because... This was one of the scriptures God gave me during that fast. And again, I didn't know what it meant. And then when you look at it through the eyes of parenting, it's like 
you're doing this as unto the Lord, and I'm not doing this to please society. I'm not doing it to please my Christian friends. I'm not doing mm. it to please anybody but the Lord. And this is an assignment directly to me for him. Yeah. So that was so powerful. Yeah, if you've ever been a parent, and my kids are in the room, so I, I hate to you know, kind of throw them under the bus, but sometimes it's always like, well, my friends get it. My friends got to do it. My friends are doing it. And we're always like, I'm sorry, I'm not your friend's parents. <laughs> so we're doing it not to please them or their friends or their friend's parents. We are being parents because it's an assignment from the Lord, and we're doing it as if we're doing it unto the Lord. It's an assignment unto the Lord. So, all right, number two, babe. Thanks to number two. Okay, so chapter four, go down to verse six and seven. It says, then he said to me, this is what the Lord says to Zerubbabel. It is not by force nor by strength, but by my spirit, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Nothing, not even a mighty mountain will stand in Zerubbabel's way. It will become a level plain before him. And when Zerubbabel sets the final stone of the temple in place, the people will shout, may God bless it, may God bless it. So point number two is find the strength to finish knowing that, this, that God is for us. So not only is it, not only can we find the strength because it's a God assignment, this scripture also shows us that we can, we can find the strength that Zerubbabel found knowing that God is for us. And this scripture is explicitly, God is coming to, to Zerubbabel through the prophet Zechariah the same way he came to Joshua, the same way he came to Moses, the same way he came to anybody that he's ever used to do anything with God, God will tell that person over and over again, fear not, for the Lord your God is with you. He's, he's for you. He's doing this with you. And so if, we, if God just gave us an assignment and then just kicked us out the door and said, good luck, I would have a really hard time finding the strength to accomplish that assignment. But I love that our God doesn't just give us an assignment he then says, okay, let's do it together. He's gonna do it for us. So like if God invites you to dinner, he always covers the tab, always. He's always gonna cover the tab. If God invites you to, 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 to do a project, he's always gonna give you the strength to do it. And so we found this together as we were studying one day and it really took the lid off of it for me because this passage, um, let me go back, it says at the very end, Nicole, at the very end of verse seven, uh, of that verse we just read, it says two, it says two things in the, over and over again twice. It says, may God bless it, may God bless it. Why in the world does it say that twice, okay? So you go up to that, to that word in the Hebrew, you look up that word in Hebrew, and it's the Hebrew word chan, you have to do that, you have to hack, and it literally means grace, grace to it. Favor, charm, elegance. Isn't that beautiful? God's saying, I, Zerubbabel, I'm calling you to build the temple and I'm gonna give you the grace to do it. Now we think grace is just salvation, that grace is just God's mercy and it's applicable there too. But if you really do a deep dive study on the word grace, it's more about strength and ability and anointing and favor. And he's saying, I'm gonna give you the grace to do it. So for the past four years, Michelle and I and the kids have been in this really bizarre season where we are pastoring a church but I'm also the president of a university. And I, sometimes I'll tell people that this is the season of life we're in and, and I can see the blank stare from a mile away. It's like I say it and then they just go stoic, like I don't know what to say now. I, this is, and, and the same word always comes out, how do you do that? And I answer it the same way every time, it's grace, it's grace. 
for whatever God calls you to do, he will never call you to do it without a, a, a heavy dose of grace, a heavy dose of an empowerment. And when I tell people, I had a, I had a pastor call me uh, not too long ago and say, hey, I'm thinking about doing something else too, and you do both, how do I do the, the other thing else? I, I, look, man, I'm not sure you should. I'm not, I'm not sure this is a model to be duplicated. This is something that God has called us to do for a season, for a, for a short season, and the only way it's possible is by grace, grace. <laughs> and so just know that if, if there's something that you're needing to finish, there's something that God is challenging you with, and even right now, you wish you would've skipped church today because God's bringing it back into your memory of the thing that's unfinished in your life, whether it's a relationship, whatever it is. Just know that one, it's, if, if it's in your heart, it's a God assignment, okay? God is challenging you to finish it. And two, know that his grace comes with it. Grace, grace. There's gonna be enough strength. There's gonna be enough empowerment. There's gonna be enough wisdom. So if you need strength, he can cover that, okay? If you need resources, he can cover that. If, if you need wisdom, if you need knowledge, if you need resources, whatever it is, God says, I can cover that. Grace, grace can be given unto you. So there are some things in this life that you can do by might in yourself. There are some things that you can just do by power. But in Zerubbabel's case, there were some things that could only be done by my spirit, says the Lord. And so if there's something that you've tried to do on your own and it's been left unfinished, I would invite you to step into the realm of allowing the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. That this might be something that you're not meant to do on your own. This is something that you're meant to do, not by might nor by power, but by your, my spirit, says the Lord. And as far as parenting goes, there's nothing more freeing <laughs> than knowing that I do what I do, what I can do in the physical. You know, we teach, we train, we love, we guide, and we model but only God can do the spiritual part. We do the physical, he can do the spiritual. Yes. So many, many times we rest in that scripture knowing that, well, I've done all I can do, Lord. Yeah. <laughs> we trust you with the rest. Yeah, I mean, that's my story. I was raised in probably one of the most godly homes on the planet. I mean, my parents are here, my dad was a pastor. They were amazing parents, amazing home. Um, and when I got into my teenage years, I just rebelled, I went crazy, I partied. And then it wasn't until college, away from my parents, that the Holy Spirit grabbed me. And so just know as parents, yes, we need to do all we can. We need to build the foundation, right? So think about it this way. Zerubbabel built the foundation all by himself. But it wasn't until he started to try to go vertically that God said, no, it's not by might nor by power. It's by my spirit, says the Lord. So we're called as parents to build a foundation. This wasn't even in our notes, babe. That just, I just, that just came to me. We're called to build a foundation. But I'm telling you, your kids, your marriage, your business, there are some things that you can't fix. There's gotta be something in this dilemma that you're trying to find resolve to that you just gotta say, all right, Holy Spirit, take over this. Now, now you gotta do the work, okay? And for me, it was a work that happened two miles down the road at Southwestern Christian. It was a chapel. I left my seat. I don't know what the sermon was. I don't know what songs were saying. I came down to the altar and I fell on my knees and I bawled my eyes out. That was the Holy Spirit grabbing me and building on the foundation that my parents had built. Uh, okay, I got off notes. Let me, let me, let me get on my, my back on track. So, the verse to back this up, let me give you some, some scripture. Romans 8, 26 says, in the same way, parents, the spirit helps us 
in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for. Have you ever been there as a parent? Like, I don't even know what to do right now. We don't even know what to pray for, but the Spirit himself, this is such good news for us, he intercedes for us through wordless groans, and he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people. You know what this means? God is for you. God is for you in accordance with the will of God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if, and that's what I really wanted to encourage people with today is if, especially moms, if you're struggling with knowing what to do in a certain situation, I tell people this all the time, God cares about those things. He cares about every detail that you're dealing with. If, you're, if you don't know if your kids should go to a certain school or if there's a friend you're kind of iffy about, God, I mean, take it to the Lord and he is faithful to answer and give you direction on those things. Um, he cares about that. He's for yeah. you in your parenting. Yeah. So tell them the story about Corey's bedtime. Yes. What was that story? <laughs> <laughs> okay, yes, I remember now. Okay, so what I wanted to say about this is God gives you, he can give you specific things to do. Okay, he gives you ideas, certain whatever. Right. Ideas on discipline or whatever. And so my story was when Corey's about eight, same thing. She did not want to go to bed alone. So at this point, we'd been years of staying with her at night, and we were at the point of laying in bed with her until she fell asleep. And No, we used to, <laughs> you know, we're just going to throw her under the bus. She's here. She used to sleep in the, in the crib, you know, and we would lay next to her crib on the floor with our hand through the slats, patting her. We did it to ourselves. We did it to ourselves. Yeah. And then when she fell asleep, we would literally, I'm not kidding you, we would get on her hands and knees and creep. And if she woke up, we'd be like. So this was, this was like. Eight, eight years It's funny of this. now. It was not funny then. <laughs> so we've gone eight years of this. So I'm like. Lord, I can't do this anymore. I'm so tired. Why didn't we pray that sooner? <laughs> what can I do to get out of this? I want her to just go to sleep on her, on her own. And I'm not kidding you. I felt like God was like, bribe her with a toy. <laughs> Buy her something. If she'll lay down and go to sleep on her own for a week, you'll get her a toy. It sounds and that's like the what Lord. I did, and it the Lord would, the, Thus saith the Lord, bribe her. <laughs> that's a silly Trick example. Trick her, thus but... saith the Lord. Of hosts. It's a silly example, but <laughs> I think it's a great example. He's creative, and it gives you ideas. I don't know why I didn't think of that. But yeah, well, he gave I wish we'd asked the Holy Spirit for more help earlier on in, in some of those seasons. So, what, whatever that is for you, you know, if you're a businesswoman or a businessman, or and you're trying to think of a creative idea to overcome a problem, and you know, you would think we would, you know, if it's if it's big enough to worry about, it's big enough to pray about. Why don't Why don't we ask the Holy? Have you ever prayed to the Holy Spirit? Did you know that the Holy Spirit is a person? Okay, sometimes all of our prayers go to Jesus and God and Heavenly Father, and those aren't bad, but did you know that you can actually ask the Holy Spirit to give you insight and wisdom and clarity and ask for him to give you a brilliant idea for your business. Ask him to give you a brilliant idea for your marriage. Ask him to tell you when to shut up and when to open that mouth in your marriage, right? So that's all we're saying is, and so let's just conclude. Okay, so we said that God, 
it's a God assignment, so God can give us strength because it's a God assignment. We said that God can give us strength because he's for us. And we all agree, I think, we all agree at Edmund, God's for us. Nod your head yes, right? Okay, you think so, maybe so, nod your head. If that's true, watch what Paul says in Romans 8, 31. He says, what then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? And, and even in parenting, yeah, go ahead. I wanna try to say this in the way that God showed it to me. And this was just a few months ago. He dropped this scripture in my heart about that he is for us. And I just wanna put it into the perspective of if you feel like I do all the time, you feel like society is against Christian parents. If you feel like you're doing culture. everything you can do and yep. culture's just beating you down. Yep. God is for Christian parents. Yes. I just want yes. y'all to feel yep. he is for you. Yep. You feel like the world is against you and, and you can't do anything, but Jesus overcame the world. There's nothing more powerful than your prayers. And when you get on your knees in your prayer closet and you pray scripture over those kids, culture can't stand a chance. Yes. So. Come on, girl. She's doing a good job, isn't she? I think you're doing great. So, so think about this in parenting and whatever you're facing. Second uh, Peter 1.3, his divine power has given us everything we need, everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Now, keep that verse up for a second, Nicole. Who has given it to us? His divine power. It's his source. It's his strength. It's not by might, nor by power. It's by his spirit, his strength. And so we need this in our life. So maybe this, this sermon is just a refresher for you to remember that maybe you've been trying this on your own too much and you need to drop to your knees tonight and just say, I need you, Lord. I need you to give me the strength to get through this. Uh, okay, let's do the last one. You ready? So jump to chapter um, verse nine and 10. It says, Zerubbabel is the one who laid the foundation of this temple and he will complete it. Then you will know that the Lord of heaven's armies has sent me. Do not despise these small beginnings, for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin, to see the plumb line in Zerubbabel's hand. So point number three is find the strength to finish, knowing that small tasks lead to big finishes. So don't despise what God, what God is rejoicing over. Mm -hmm. And John taught me this, that the Hebrew <laughs> word for despise is pronounced booze. <laughs> he thinks uh, that's what's hilarious. It How is it pronounced? <laughs> booze. Booze. <laughs> okay. okay, just making sure. It means to hold in contempt and to hold as insignificant. So we're, he's telling us don't hold insignificant what he is calling significant. Yeah, it's like he's saying, it's like he's saying, you call it insignificant. The very thing that you call insignificant, God calls significant. The, the things that you call small things, he would say that's the most important thing. And how, how our minds can play tricks on us. And the culture does this to us, right? Because it's in this, this rock star culture where if you're not noticed, then you're not needed. If you're not noticed, then you're nobody. And God says, no, in my kingdom, I don't care if you're noticed. I don't care if everybody knows who you are. Uh, and I think this goes to moms, yeah. big time. Yeah, when God showed this to me during that fast, I, my mind immediately went to, I'm in the tedious time. I'm in the unseen time where I'm just doing dishes and laundry and 
disciplining constantly, and it was just this treadmill of the insignificant, what felt insignificant, and I really felt like he was saying, no, that's the most significant wow. thing you can do. That wow. is so powerful and so important, and mm. I, I always want to encourage moms that those unseen things you're doing and that foundation you're building is extremely important to the Lord. Mm -hmm. And then I was reflecting on this just maybe about a year ago, and it, it changes over time. This verse is so powerful, and I felt like God was saying, don't despise the small beginnings of your kid's faith. If you can't, just because you can't see anything right now mm. doesn't mean there's not seeds in the ground, doesn't mean there's not roots growing. He cares about those things, and just because you can't see it, we can't, we can't despise what we can't see. Yeah, so it, it, I love going back to this concept of the foundation. You know, Zerubbabel gets discouraged because he had began something, but all he could see was the slab. And picture, you know, picture going into a neighborhood where they're building houses, but there are no houses built yet. You know, if, if there's houses being built, you could walk onto a foundation and be like, okay, this is, this is tough. I don't see anything, but you can look over there and see what it could look like someday. But if you're standing on a slab, you can't see the roof line. You can't see the structure. You don't know where the walls are gonna be. You don't know where the kitchen's gonna be. You don't know nothing. And so if you're not careful, it can become really discouraging. And this is how life can feel sometimes. If you're, if you're beginning a good work, <laughs> the beginning of the good work can be the most discouraging part of the work. And especially on Mother's Day, like Michelle was saying, moms are in the trenches, you know? And the husband gets to go out and many times, unless you're in a home where that's reversed, which is the case many times. But a lot of times the, the mom feels insignificant. But God would say, don't call insignificant what I call significant. Um, so I, when we first got married, I, we, we remodeled a couple of houses. And I love this work. I, I don't do it as much anymore because I just don't have the time to do it. But I would lay tile. I would lay hardwood floors. I would texture, paint. You name it. We would do it. And... So when you do this kind of work, when you lay tile, let me just use tile for an example. Like if I come to your house, I'm judging your tile. <laughs> like we're standing in the kitchen and talking and I'm going, who made that cut? That was a terrible cut. They should have cut that different. That could have slid up under the baseboard better. They cut around the baseboard instead of sliding in. You see what I'm saying? And so I'll pick it apart. I'll pick apart the small things. I'll, I'll look past your glorious mantle and your fireplace and all the big stuff because I'm going and looking at the small stuff. And I like to picture God walking through our lives in this manner. He's not picking us apart, but he's noticing the small things. He's noticing the beauty of our house in the small pieces of our house, right? The things that other people aren't looking at. When other people look at your life and they look at your house and your cars and your fame and your success or the lack thereof, right? We get so focused on the big picture. I think it's whenever we discipline our kids in a godly manner, God's like, I see that work, you know? I think it's when God sees us being, being stewards of small things in our marriage, in our lives, in our business. I think it's whenever we don't cheat on our taxes that God's like, I see that work. I see that small thing. And I can build something on that. I can build a foundation on that. And so I want, us to be, I want us to be encouraged today. Maybe, maybe you're just here, maybe you're at Edmond or watching online and you're just in a season of discouragement because it feels like everything you try to start just doesn't end and you can't get, get traction. Um, I would encourage you to finish. I, I wanna tell a really quick story. 
that I rarely tell without crying, and I've told it here before, but when I first became the lead pastor here, before that, uh, before I was a campus pastor here, I was in higher education. I had, I had, I was a VP at a university. I had a bachelor's and a master's and the beginnings of a doctorate. And I had finished, I had started my doctorate degree and I was ABD, which means all but dissertation. And when I became the lead pastor here, I just fell in love with pastoring. And I literally thought, this is, this is what I'm supposed to do. God, I missed it, higher ed's not the thing. And so I literally just took that degree, that unfinished degree, and I set it to the side and I just stopped working on it. And I just completely stopped. And I was the lead pastor for a couple of years, maybe, maybe two or three years. And Michelle just started, almost said nagging me, but you weren't nagging me, you were encouraging me. It might've felt like nagging at the time. But she, would, she just kept saying, why don't you finish that degree? You're so close, you're so close, why don't you just finish it? And I would just be like, no, babe, I don't, I don't need to finish it. I'm not gonna go into higher ed. I'm a pastor and I'm gonna always be a pastor. Um, and she doesn't even remember saying this to me, but I remember it like it was yesterday. I said, why would I, why would I do that? And she said, because you're not a quitter. And that's all I needed to hear. That was the, she said, someday, me and the kids are gonna sit at your funeral. And I'm like, well, who says I'm gonna die first? That's not fair, you know? Why would you assume that? She says, someday, someday we're gonna sit at your funeral and we're gonna watch that slideshow that goes by at the funeral and the kids need to see you. in that cap and gown. And so I did, I just, I began that work back. And little did I know that two weeks after I received that diploma in the mail, TKU would call and ask me to be the president of King's University. So all I'm saying is, there are some things that are unfinished in your life. And don't ignore those things. It, it's a God assignment. If it's bugging you and it keeps reappearing in your heart and your mind, guess what? It's not going away. It, that means it's a God assignment, okay? Um, but it also means that he's for you and he's gonna give you the strength to get through it. And so that's our encouragement today. We wanna, we wanna encourage um, everyone to just think through where are you at? Maybe you started the degree, you didn't finish it. Maybe you started to get healthy, but you didn't finish it. Maybe you believed you could start a business, but then it just didn't work out and you, you, you quit on the dream. Maybe you started out raising your kids right, but after a while you were just like, forget this. Maybe you tried for a season to, to reestablish a relationship with your, with your lost kids, but you just kind of gave up on it. Maybe, maybe it's a marriage, I don't know what it is, but we wanna challenge you today and I wanna ask Michelle to just pray for you today. Um, and then we're gonna go into a song, just real quick, just a time of reflection, a time of worship. So Michelle, will you just pray? Um, we, let, me, let me ask for a response real quick. At Edmund and OKC, we just bow your heads and close your eyes real quick. If you're in a season where you just need some strength, okay, and there's something stirring in your heart, it doesn't matter what it is, it could be something big or something small, but something that you need to bring to conclusion, you need to finish a work, and you're discouraged, and you need a supernatural strength, the strength of Zerubbabel, and the, the heart's cry of Zechariah this morning, that it's not by might, it's nor by power, it's by my spirit, says the Lord. And that's speaking to you. I want you to raise your hand real quick. Michelle's gonna pray for you. Awesome. Awesome. Okay, Michelle, pray. Lord, we just, I just wanna pray over each and every person here, every mom and dad, every man 
man and woman in this room that feels discouraged, God. This is what we came to do today, was to bring encouragement and to remind them that you are for them. You are with them. There's nothing that we can do that you won't help us do when we're in your will and when we're following your assignment for us. So we just pray encouragement and strength that they will know that you are right there beside them. We just pray joy over them, wisdom yes. over decisions, encouragement and strength. Yes, Lord. New hope, new ideas, new giftings. Yes, Lord. We just praise you for these precious people. Anoint them for the things that are coming. Anoint them for new seasons. We thank you for all these things in Jesus' name. Father, I pray that as we prepare our hearts to worship, come on, as I'm praying, let's stand to our feet. Father, speak to us this morning. Encourage us. Let us know through this song even that you are with us, that you are for us, that you are ministering to us. We thank you for the work that you're doing in our hearts this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us here today for this week's message. And here at Victory Church, we are called to equip people to live in His presence, move beyond ourselves, and be transformed. And this can only happen through your radical generosity, your serving, and your prayers. If this message or any of our messages have impacted your life and you would like to partner with us by giving into this ministry, you can do so by visiting our website at victory.church/give. Thank you again for joining us and have a great day.